Well, good morning. Well, in the last eight minutes, you have all attended the Discover Baptism class together. How about that? We don't uh, always play that video, but often in the Discover Baptism class, we will play that video to kind of go through some of the basics, and then we expand on that, obviously, to to uh, talk through the issues. And I hope that uh, as you've watched that video, um, probably most of us in this room, I would suspect, are probably baptized believers in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but maybe you have some questions. Maybe it reminded you of, of when you were baptized. And maybe some of you here are, are, are not baptized, and that kind of answered some of the basic questions you might have had about baptism and about what we teach here at New Life about baptism. You know, last week, last weekend, Pastor Steve uh, introduced us to Jesus, and he gave us kind of an overview introduction of the most important person that has ever lived on planet Earth. You know, he told us of Jesus, who was full of grace and full of truth. He was strong, yet sensitive. He was complex yet simple. And I think as much as we can understand it, the most important event in eternity past and eternity future is that 33-year or so span of Jesus' life as He was here on planet Earth. I think it's the most important event in history. And so this week, we're in the second week of an eight-part series entitled Jesus. And And for these eight weeks, we're going to be looking at snapshots of Jesus' life. And our hope and prayer is that over these eight weeks, you will be encouraged and motivated to pursue Jesus Christ. Pursue Him deeper at your own level where you are or get to know Him if you don't already know Him. You know, around here we talk about pursue, connect, and serve. And for the next eight weeks, we're going to really be discussing and and emphasizing this idea of pursuing Jesus Christ. And I think the most critical decision you can make in your life, ever, is to decide to give your life to the one who gave his life for you. And this morning we're going to continue that discussion of Jesus by exploring his baptism. And I wonder if if you have ever considered, really thought about Jesus' baptism about Jesus being baptized. You know, I'm, I'm sure most of us that grew up in churches or have a church background, you've probably heard the story of Jesus being baptized, and you probably know the basics of the story. You kind of understand what the story is about. And in just a minute, we're going to read one account of that story. But baptism was a unique landmark event in the life of Jesus Christ was a very special event in his life. But I would venture a guess to say that most of us uh, probably just accept that he was baptized by John. We understand that. And then we move on to maybe some of the more exciting things in his life. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He feeds 5,000. And we don't really consider the significance or the importance of baptism in Jesus' life. And I think it was such an important event in his life that it's recorded in all of the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
You know, those four books give us a historical account of the life of Jesus Christ. And all four of those books uh, includes the story of his baptism. Matthew, Mark, and Luke give detailed accounts of the story. And then John, as he's talking about the other John, John the Baptist, he refers to Jesus' baptism and discusses some, some details about it. So if you think about it, in the four Gospels, there are only a few events that you can find discussed in all four. The baptism of Jesus Christ, His triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and His death, burial, and resurrection. So it must be a pretty important event if God inspired the authors of the Gospels through the Holy Spirit to record the baptism of Christ. You think? It must be a pretty important event. It must be something that we need to pay some close attention to. So this morning we're going to do just that. I want us to read together one such account of his baptism. And if you take the uh, study guide out of your worship folder there, the verses are right there on, on the front there. Um, you can follow along with me as I read. Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This was a, this was a new message being preached. You, you remember they were living under the Old Testament law, and here is John the Baptist preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Verse 3, This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Mm-mm, good. Locusts and wild honey, that's the breakfast of champions. Anybody have locusts and wild honey before you came to church this morning? Praise God. Verse 5, people, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. <clears throat> Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love and with whom him I'm well pleased. Now, when you think about it, this was quite an exceptional event, wasn't it? I mean, it's not often that you hear the voice of God audibly speak from the clouds. I mean, I doubt any of us this morning uh, or in our lives have ever heard God audibly speak from the skies. And then it's not often that you actually see the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus described the Holy Spirit. He said, 
He's like the wind. You can't see him, but you can see the effect. Well, here John sees the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus like a dove. This is a pretty unique episode. And Jesus comes to John to be baptized, and this is a decisive, decisive moment in Jesus' life. And I wonder if you've ever asked yourself, why did Jesus get baptized in the first place? Why did he get baptized? I mean, if you understand the uh, information on the video, you'll, you'll understand that baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment to Jesus Christ. Baptism is an indication of salvation, that salvation through faith that was obtained at the cross and at the empty tomb. By the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness of our sins and we can have access to God. And baptism signifies that I've been, as Jesus said in John chapter 3, I've been born again. Baptism signifies that. I've turned away from my sins, that's repentance, and I've turned toward God. I come to life with a new heart. I'm a new man with a new life. And that's the significance of baptism. Baptism signifies that change in your life. So if signifying the change in our life is the purpose for baptism, why did Jesus get baptized? I mean... um, Did he have to be born again? Did Jesus have sin that he had to repent of and come clean? Obviously, the answer to that is no. We we can read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus Christ, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Jesus in his life bore the full burden of temptation in every area of his life, but he didn't sin. So why did Jesus choose baptism for himself, and why should we be baptized? Those are two questions we want to answer this morning. You know, when John came uh, baptizing, and Jesus came to the river to be baptized by John, John recognized his own sinfulness. He said, Jesus, I I need to be baptized by you. I'm the sinful one here. But Jesus assured him that it was appropriate that John baptize him to fulfill all righteousness. He says, we need to do this, John, to obey my Father's will. And John's message had been, repent and be baptized. And this was a message from God. This was a new message from God. God was doing a new thing here, wasn't he? Because if you remember, for 1,500 years, Israel had been living under the Old Covenant. Israel, when Moses and the children of Israel went to Mount Sinai, and God gave them the law, the, 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 the covenant, the Ten Commandments and things. Israel had been living under those uh, rules and regulations for 1,500 years. And now here was this wild, crazy preacher shouting out a message of repentance and baptism. It was a new thing. He was saying... The way we've been living under this law, the way we've been living our lives, it's not good. We've got to change. And there's a new message coming. 
Matthew chapter 3 proclaimed John the Baptist as the forerunner of the Messiah, as the forerunner of Jesus Christ. His job was to prepare the hearts of the people to receive the message of Jesus Christ. So here John was proclaiming this new message, and Jesus himself was in fact a son of Abraham. He was, he was a Jew serving God under the old covenant. And he was so identified by that outward sign of circumcision. But God's new covenant, this work through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it was going to be signified by a new outward sign of commitment, that new sign of baptism. Jesus didn't need to repent of his sins. There was nothing for him to repent of. But that didn't release him from the obligation to fulfill the Father's will, to obey God's desire, and to initiate this new covenant sign, this outward sign of a new life. So why did Jesus get baptized? Well, I think there are there's lots of reasons, and we could spend all morning going through those, but we're going to look at four specific reasons why I think Jesus was baptized, why he chose baptism. First of all, baptism identified him with us. Through baptism, Jesus identified with us who he came to redeem. It symbolized his complete dedication to bear the sins of the world. And being baptized by John, submitting himself to John... Say, John, I know I should baptize you, but you baptize me. Submitting himself to John was a sign that he was going to submit to the Father's will, when even that will meant his own death on the cross. Philippians chapter 2 speaks of Christ's obedience. It says, But he made himself, talking about Jesus Christ, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. His baptism had nothing to do with him acknowledging sin in his life, because there was no sin. But though he was sinless, he was able to sympathize with our own sin. He was tempted as we are, but he didn't sin. But his baptism signified by his burial... And resurrection from the water signified the fact that one day he was going to die. And he was going to be buried. And he was going to raise again. So he was willing to take part in baptism to show the mission, his actual baptism. His actual death. That you and I might have life. Number two, baptism introduced his mission. You know, at the time of, of his baptism, Jesus is about 30 years old. It's believed he was about 30 years old. And, and in those first 30 years of his life, we only have just a couple glimpses of his life. He was born. He had that little incident with his mom and dad when he was 12. And then it says he grew and matured as a good man. That's pretty much all we know about those first 30 years of his life. But suddenly, out on the stage of history, Jesus Christ steps into the water. Into that dirty river to be baptized. And after this, he begins his ministry, and we get a detailed account of the next three years of his life. His baptism was the dividing line between his private life and his public life. 
It was the dividing line between this carpenter from Nazareth and this sacrificial Savior of the world. It was his old life, if you will, and his new life, his mission. He knew when he was baptized that he was saying, I'm going to die on a cross. That's my mission. That's why I'm here. And so this baptism kind of identified and signified that mission and introduced it to what he was going to do. Number three, baptism initiated him as the beloved son. Have you ever had to do something you didn't like? Something that was new to you? Something that you were going to, that was going to stretch you a little bit? Something that was going to, you were going to have to step out that you'd never done before? It was going to take a little extra effort? Have you ever had to do anything like that? Something new? And you know how you felt? You felt a little bit nervous and and scared and, and worried. Am I going to be able to do this? Well, I tell you, encouragement goes a long way there. Someone comes alongside and says, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. You're going to do great. When you finish, you did a great job. That, that encouragement just kind of makes a difference, doesn't it? Well, not to say that Jesus Christ was scared or worried about anything, but but, you know, as a man, he was stepping into a ministry role that would ultimately end in his death. And I think he knew the rejection and the pain and the sorrow and the trouble that was ahead. And so he needed assurance. He needed encouragement to step out. I don't know about you, but when I think of Jesus Christ, I think of him as, as that God power. You know, he feeds the 5,000. He raises the dead. He heals the sick. He walks on the water. He calms the storm with a word. He takes complex truths and shares them in simple stories. That, that God knowledge, that God power. You think of Jesus Christ that way, don't you? When he comes to mind, we think of all of those things. Sometimes, though I forget that he was also a man. You know, he was a man. He was a human being. He felt tired. He felt pain. He experienced loneliness and betrayal. He experienced rejection to a level that none of us will ever know. You know, I don't care what circumstance you're going through in your life today or what circumstance may be ahead. Jesus Christ has already been there. He already knows it. And as a man, he, was go- he knew he was going to be stepping into that. And I like what uh, John Eldridge in the Wild at Heart series talks about. Some of you have probably read uh, uh, some of his books. But he talks about the need for a man to know that he's loved by his father. As men, we need to understand that we, as, as Eldridge put it, we need to understand that we're the beloved son. A man desires in his heart, there's a longing in his heart to know that his father loves him. His father approves of him. And I think if ever there was a man who needed to know that his father loved him and that his father approved of what he was getting ready to do, it was Jesus Christ. And as he came up out of the water, obeying the father's will, a voice just boom from the sky. This. This is my son. 
Jesus, I love you, son. I'm proud of you, boy. You go do what it is I've given you to do. This is my son whom I love. I think with that encouragement and that assurance, Jesus stepped up out of that water ready to do the mission that God had given him to do. Ready to take on the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, and stand in our place. It initiated him as the beloved son. Jesus was baptized because it identified him with us. It introduced his mission. It initiated him as the beloved son. And finally, baptism anointed him for service. It anointed him for service. You know, Philippians 2, we read that Jesus lays aside some things to come take on the servant's role as a man. And throughout the Gospels, we read over and over again, Jesus says, I can do nothing of myself. There's nothing I can do that I haven't seen my Father do or the Father hasn't given me to do. Over and over again, he says, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm doing this with the power of the Father. He laid aside some of himself to come to earth. So his mighty works were done through the power of the Spirit of God in him. And that dependence on the Spirit characterized the ministry of Jesus Christ. I can do nothing of myself, only what I see the Father do. And so we see in Matthew chapter 3 that when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And in Acts chapter 10, Peter makes reference to this when he's, he's preaching a sermon and he says, this Jesus from Nazareth who God anointed with power and with the Holy Spirit. It was a special endowment of power in his life. And you know, when we become believers in Jesus Christ, in one sense, the Holy Spirit descends on us, doesn't he? He comes in and he cleans us from our sins and and he gives us power to live the new life, to live as a new man, a new creature in Christ. Well, Jesus didn't need cleaning from sin, but he did need the power to carry out the task God had given him. So this baptism gave him that power. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he came up out of the water. So those are just a few reasons why Jesus was baptized. He identified with us. He introduced his mission. He was initiated as the beloved son, and he was anointed with power to do what God had said for him to do, the mission God had given him to do. So why should we be baptized? Now, many of us in this room, I know, are already baptized, and these questions have already been answered in your mind. But think about these for yourself and just remember what baptism meant to you. And for those of us who aren't baptized, listen very closely. Why should I be baptized? Well, first and foremost, Jesus commanded it. Like we said in the video, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gave the Great Commission... He was getting ready to ascend back to the Father. And he says to the disciples, Go into all the world, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, by his language, he is assuming something. Because what he's saying is, As you go into the world, and as you teach them about me, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. As discipled followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be going into our world 
sharing the gospel. And if you think about it, Jesus says, as you go into the world, He's assuming that you're baptizing disciples. He says, baptize disciples, which means that if you're a disciple of Christ, you need to be baptized. I mean, for all of you math whizzes out there, I know some of you, if A equals B and B equals C, A equals C, right? If baptizing disciples is what Jesus commanded us to do, then that means a disciple of Christ needs to be baptized. You need to be baptized. You know, baptism isn't a game or a charade. It's, um, it's a very serious thing, a very serious thing. It doesn't matter what you and I think about it. It doesn't matter if I believe in it, don't believe in it, if I disagree with it, or, or, or if I understand it or not. It just doesn't matter because it's not some concocted dogma of the church. It's not some religious ideology. Baptism is God's idea. Jesus said, be baptized. So how can a follower of Jesus Christ not be baptized? If you know the truth and you have the opportunity to do that, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to obey His will. I want to do everything He's asked me to do. One thing He asks is be baptized. How could you not be baptized? Number two, why should I be baptized? Baptism signifies who you are. You know, at New Life, we practice believer's baptism, which means that we only baptize people who profess a true faith in Jesus Christ, those who have come to the point in their life where they've accepted Jesus as their Savior and have been, as Jesus said, born again. We believe the significance and the point of baptism is lost when you practice it any other way. Because baptism, as we've said, is given us given to us by Jesus as a sign to signify with His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And the one being baptized stands in the water, clearly says that they believe in Jesus and are willing to follow Him as Lord of their life. And they've become new creatures with new lives, and they've been changed by the power of the Spirit. Romans chapter 6, we quoted it in the, in the video. It describes that we are buried in the likeness of His death and that we're raised to walk in newness of life. Now, that's why we don't practice infant baptism here at New Life because a baby has no way to acknowledge that their life has been changed, that they've been buried and rose again as a new creature in Christ. Baptism identifies you with Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, why would you not want to be identified with Him? Why would you not want to be identified with Him? And that brings us to our our final point this morning. Baptism is an act of love. You know, true Christianity is not a set of rules It's not a set of ordinances or regulations or morals or good teachings. It has some of those things in there, but that's not the point. True Christianity is about the person of Jesus Christ. It's about having a relationship with a real, living, loving Lord, creator of all that is and all that you'll ever know. That's Jesus Christ. 
And true Christianity is having a relationship with Him, knowing Him personally, and standing in the water and identifying with His death and His resurrection, saying, I'm going to serve you forever, Jesus. That's an act of love. I don't understand what this is about. I don't necessarily understand all the significance. I I may or may not agree with it. I'm embarrassed to do this in front of my church family. But because I love you, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this because it identifies me with you. That's a true act of love. When I was thinking about this, this point this week, I I remembered um, a young man I met the last time uh, my wife and I went to India. We went to India with the New Life team. We went to uh, the Hindustan Bible Institute in Chennai. And this young man, he was, he was uh, very interested and his desire was to be trained as a pastor because he wanted to go to the northern state in India, Bihar, to plant a church. Now, India is divided up into states like, you know, we have the United States. See, India has states. And in the north, the, one of the more northern states is Bihar. It's right next up to N- Nepal. And the thing about Bihar is it's a very dangerous place to be a Christian because you have a strong Muslim faith in Bihar and you have a strong Hindu faith in Bihar. And the Muslims and the Hindus are very radical and they, they spend a lot of time fighting one another. But if a Christian walks into the room, they'll stop fighting each other and they'll become friends to kill the Christian. It's a very, very dangerous place to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And this young man was going to Bihar to plant a church, to preach the gospel in one of the most dangerous places on planet earth. And so I was fascinated by his desire and his love for Jesus. And we talked about his plans. And he, he shared with me how that when you become a believer in Bihar, you lose your family because you're disowned. You probably lose your job, your home. You pretty much have to give up everything. It is truly saying, I'm giving it all away for you, Jesus. And you're literally taking your life into your own hands. And he was sharing with me how that when someone becomes a believer in Bihar, the very next thing they want to do is be baptized in public. And it's not a baptism in a nice sanitary baptistry in a comfortable church with all of my church family around to cheer me on. It's out in the middle of a dirty river somewhere with radical Muslims and Hindus watching to see if you're actually going to take that step, make that step of commitment. You come up out of the water proclaiming, I love Jesus Christ. They write your name down. They know who you are. They may not do anything to you right there, but you're on their list, and at some point, they're going to come after you. You literally take your life into your own hands to say, I love Jesus. That's an act of love. It's an act of commitment. My question to you this morning is, why would you not lay aside all your doubts and fears and concerns and take that step and say, Jesus, I love you. No matter what, I love you. 
Why should we be baptized? Jesus commands it. It signifies that change that's in your life, and it's an act of love. And this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus in love and to take a stand for Him. And you know, if you, have, if you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, we are prepared to help you with that before you leave today. I want all of us, everyone in the room, I want you to take this blue card out of your worship folder right now. I want all of us to interact with this card for the next few minutes. In just a few minutes, the worship team is going to come and play, and, and I'm going to be asking us all to just make some commitment. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and have been baptized this morning, I want you to look at this card, and there's two sentences on the front that say, I would describe my life before surrendering to Jesus with this word or phrase, and I would describe my life since surrendering to Jesus with this word or phrase. Just take a minute and write a couple phrases or sentences there about your personal life with Jesus. And then after our celebration time, find someone, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe tomorrow at work, but use this card and share your testimony with someone else. Take this card as a believer who has been baptized. Take this card and share with someone what you wrote on the card. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning and you've never been baptized, maybe you were baptized as a child, maybe you were never baptized, but you're a believer this morning and you've never been baptized, today is the day you need to obey. You need to obey Jesus Christ and just make that commitment. You know, don't waste any time any longer. Don't put it off any longer. Jesus loves you more than we can even imagine. I want you to look at this card, and I want you to fill this card out. You, you know, put your name about the time you were uh, born again, you came to Jesus Christ. Uh, fill, out the, fill out the lines there, and then fill out your name and things on the back. I want you to hold on to this card, because when the music starts, I'm going to ask you to come. Bring this card up. If you're a lady here this morning that needs to be baptized, uh, Darling, uh, Darla's over here. Uh, bring your card to her. She'll kind of direct you up to the uh, to the baptistry. You'll take this card upstairs with you, and you can be baptized this morning. If you're a gentleman here, if I can see over there, Jim. Jim's over here. Uh, take your car. Take your card with you. Go to him, and he will direct you up into the baptistry this morning. And we have clothes for you to be baptized in. We have a towel. We have everything you need. You don't have any worries. You don't have to worry about a thing. Just make that commitment. Take that step of faith this morning. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, if you don't have a personal relationship with Him, you've never taken that step of giving Him your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says, Today is the day of salvation. Today's your day. Don't put that off any longer. He loves you and He forgives you for all that bad stuff in your life. All you need to do is call on His name and ask Him to forgive you of your sins. You can, he's calling you right now saying, just trust me, just believe in me. Well, if that's you this morning after our celebration time, I want you to, I'll be up here. You can come up here and, and talk to me. I'd love to talk and pray with you about that decision.
or find someone that you know here, uh, a small group leader, a pastor, or someone, and talk to them about that decision today and make that step of commitment today. Or you might be making that commitment right now, if that, and you can come right up and be baptized. We had, uh, um, in the last service, we had 12 folks come forward. There, was, there were about two or three of them made the commitment to follow Jesus this morning and came and, and got baptized. That could be you today. Okay. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much today. God, we love you and we give you our heart and our life and every part of our being this morning. We thank you, Lord, for knitting us together in our mother's womb. You created each one of us individually. You made us to be exactly who we are. We are your idea. And Lord, before we were ever created, you put together this plan of salvation. Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and rose the third day that we might have life and that we might have a relationship with you. God, I praise you and I thank you for that. And I thank you for this sign of baptism that you initiated that's your idea and that you're calling us to this morning. That we can make a firm statement, a firm commitment that we know you and that we love you. May you be glorified and honored by everything that's said or done in our lives today and forever. In Jesus' holy name, amen.